0: on the 6.30 Ched Afternoon News. I just want to remind you as we get closer and closer to Delivery Day for 6.30 Ched Santa's Anonymous, um, things are tight at uh, Santa's Warehouse. A little behind schedule this year, um, and if you're thinking about uh, dropping some toys off in one of those big bins or right here at the station at 5204 84th Street, uh, we're looking for toys uh, for children from 0 to 2 and then from 9 to 12. Oftentimes I know it's easier to pick out, you know, toys for the, the kids in the in the middle age there, but zero to two, nine to twelve is is the greatest need right now. You can find out more information at sanasanonymous.ca, the Jerry Forbes Center, by the way, located at 121-2268th Street and Delivery Day, December 15th this year. So time is ticking. It's just around the corner. And Andrew and I will be broadcasting live from there on Monday day. Looking forward to that. Always lots of fun. Okay, so think about it friends? How much time are your kids, maybe your grandkids, spending on their cell phones and iPads, and how do you think it's impacting them? Well, that's what a University of Alberta researcher in partnership with Harvard University and the Alberta Teachers Association is trying to figure out. It's the latest in an ongoing research project called Growing Up Digital, and Jason Daniels joins us now with the details. Thanks for joining us this afternoon.
1: No problem. Happy to be here.
0: Uh, Jason, let's start with this. So, was there something specific that triggered your interest in this research. Did you have a kid at home who wouldn't put down the phone? Because we have a couple of them.
1: I, I do have. I do have three of my own, and it's been an ongoing battle for a number of years. So I, yeah, I do, I do have a personal stake in this.
0: All right. So how far behind do you think we are when it comes to knowing what the impacts are, or even the long-term consequences yeah. of too much uh, phone use?
1: I think, I, mean, I think we're at the beginning stages of really trying to understand, uh, I think we don't fully understand yet the long-term impacts, um, simply due to the fact uh, how, how quickly it's kind of become part of our daily lives. Just in the past um, 10 years or so, we've really seen with mobile phones and devices, it, it really just take over and become part of everybody's normal life and so Mm -hmm. just for the speed of that we're kind of trying to play catch up a little bit and try to figure out what's going on
0: now i might be putting you on the spot here Mm -hmm. with this one jason but i'm curious to know what you think is too young for for using maybe
1: uh, these gadgets yeah I, i think i mean i think i mean the research shows us that under two for sure um kids really can't learn from screens so it's not necessarily that the screens are going to like wreck them, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's taken the place of other perhaps more important types of communication, so interaction between parents and kids, um, physical activity, and it's establishing some negative habits potentially at at a very young age, so I would say definitely below two, uh, really think hard about it, Um, and then between then and probably junior high, um, insofar as possible with a parent yeah. Um, and then when they get their devices, then really work with them and plan how they should use them.
0: Yeah, well, and I think that's probably a, a big part of the problem right there is planning mm-hmm. how they should use them because yeah. sometimes I think um, that we, we do have a plan for how they should be using them when we think that we've implemented a plan, but on the other hand, we don't, and they're just yeah. using them whenever, wherever, and uh, as often as they'd like.
1: Yeah. And that's and that's part of the challenge, I think. And if you look at some of the, the data, like in grade four, I think roughly the, the most recent research I've found is about a quarter of grade four students, or 25% of grade four students um, have their own devices. And so they're getting them at fairly young ages. Mm-hmm. And we also know with our, with the brain science that um, things like impulse control and, and being able to control their impulses, really those parts of the brain aren't fully developed in probably mid-20s. Um, So with these devices that are designed specifically to keep us going back again and again and again and again, it's especially hard for young kids to be able to control their use of it. So it's really easy for them to develop some of these challenging habits at a very young age, and I think it's hard to, to get rid of those later on. Well, Jason, yeah, I've,
0: I've heard you talk and I've seen in, in articles you talk about the temptation of mm-hmm. use, and, and I think for adults we, we have a challenge with temptation of use. Yeah. How, how often, I mean, I'm getting a message now, mm-hmm. I don't know, the latest download or iOS update now gives me a weekly update of how much time I've spent on my phone in a week, yeah. and I think last week it was three and a half hours, and I thought to myself, what the hell am I doing with my time? It, um, it, it, and I'm, I'm 45, Exactly.
1: It could sneak up on you. We did a study last year where we asked parents and grandparents to tell us about their their use and what they think the impact is on their kids. And it kind of surprised us because 30% of our respondents, these are adults, these are parents and grandparents, 30% uh, told us that they felt addicted to their devices Hmm. themselves. Um, which is pretty outstanding. That's that's like a third of all people that responded felt that they were lacking in or or not able to control their use of their devices.
0: And and if our kids learn by what they're seeing or yeah. what we're showing them as as role models, mm-hmm. then that's not really a great role model when it comes to this,
1: is it? It's not. It's not really. And we talk a lot about kids and technology, but really, this. I mean, if we're honest, it's it's a everybody Humans. in technology, it's <laughs> parents and technology, and families and technology.
0: Hmm. Um, The data that you've already collected, because Mm. you're just kind of into this next stage, how long has this process been going on first off? Uh,
1: We've been working on this about two years now. We've done our first study we did. We looked at teachers uh, Uh. in the classrooms because they're really on the front lines with this. Um, and then our next stage, we looked at with we talked to parents and grandparents, and in this one, we're actually collecting data directly from uh, kids themselves.
0: I want to go back to the teachers for a moment mm-hmm. before we get to the kids themselves. My, hus- sure. my husband is a teacher, and he um, he, I mean, it's it's another challenge, obviously, in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And every teacher mm-hmm. we're seeing is, I, I think, tending to find their own way through it. Um, some have little pockets that you have to put it in yeah. uh, at the start of the class. I know uh, my husband said okay, if you get through this, if we get through all of this and it's all good to go, the last five minutes or last four minutes, whatever it is, you can take it out and do whatever you have to do. I mean, he's got to find a way, y'all have to find a way to make it work. What were the teachers telling you when it came to the, the kids and the phones?
1: Uh, I think, I mean, they definitely felt like, um, well, there's two sides. One, I think that they definitely recognize that there are some definite positive advantages to having technology. Um, information mm-hmm. that they can get do research, stuff like that. But it definitely is, at least from what we heard, a distraction and can be a distraction, especially uh, with the, the kids uh, being able to sort of control their use, right? So if just left to their own devices, they, they default to using their phones and it definitely gets in the way of learning.
0: Yes. Okay. So now, with um, with the kids themselves, um, what is the the data that you're looking at? As far as have you kind of ballparked on how much time, like on average, they're on their phones? Can you do that yet? Uh, well,
1: from this study, we haven't kind of got that yet. But okay. I know from other research, I mean, usually for for teenagers, it's somewhere in the range of like five to nine hours a day. Wow. It's kind of about 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 how much time they're spending in front of screens and with their digital devices on a daily basis, so I'm I'm guessing that we're probably in that same ballpark with this one. I know
0: some of the challenges tends to to come around nighttime use Mm -hmm. as well, Uh, and it can be even just, and I know it's something different, but playing video games at nighttime. uh, Maybe they're playing games on their phone, communicating on their phone. Maybe they're just using Insta, Snap, or Kick, or whatever it is. But, um, you know, because, you know, you're in your your bedroom, your parents don't know about that. You're looking closer at that uh, this round, aren't you? That's
1: right, yeah. We're looking at uh, when and where they're using it, um, are they using it typically when they're alone? Are they with friends? Um, how are they feeling when they're using it? And we're trying to sort of correlate that with a whole range of health-related outcomes: physical health, um, social, kind of emotional types of health, and mental health. And trying to see um, are there any correlates there? So the kids that are using it by themselves, all alone, is are they more or less likely to to feel anxious or or, uh-huh. prob- or, or have other issues? <clears throat>
0: Um, Jason Daniels is a researcher of the Faculty of Extension uh, University of uh, Alberta. Uh, Jason, how are you getting the kids to get you the information as far as, you know, letting you know how they're feeling or when they're using it, that sort of stuff? Tell me how, how that's working.
1: Yeah, so what we've got is we've got uh, the kids that's, that are part of the study have downloaded an app onto their phone, and what it does is, at random times throughout the day, it'll send them a little ping, a message, Uh, that asks them to respond right then, uh, how they're feeling, and then what they're doing, and then take a little video of their surroundings. So we're trying to, with that, look at the different times throughout the day, um, you know, when are they most likely to be using it, when are they not using it, and so it kind of just f- five times throughout the day. Hmm, okay. And then they do also a retrospective at night to kind of say last night, you know, how did my night go? What did I do all, all, all night with my phone?
0: What about the impact on, on social skills, mm-hmm. uh, the ability for, for kids to carry on a face-to-face conversation? Are you
1: looking at that? Uh, We are going to be looking at uh, the social skills and, again, confidence with respect to social skills, any concerns they have. We found with our teacher study, that was one of the concerns that the teachers brought up, Mm. um, was one of the changes they they report having seen in the last three to five years is a decrease in kids' social skills and and being able to do things like resolve conflicts, um, you know, successfully sort of negotiate social situations, um, and probably just due to lack of practice and um, socialization in the home.
0: Yeah, that's scary though, eh? That's, uh, that's, that's just a really sad state, to be honest with you. Uh, what is your long-term hope um, for this research? What, do you, what, are you,
1: what are you hoping for at the end yeah. of it all? Ideally what we'd like, and I think the whole rationale of this, is really kind of catch up that data lag and find some information uh, so that people can make informed decisions about how they want to use their devices. Um, and, and I think specifically about, so if we're talking about adults, I mean, they're adults, they can do whatever they want, mm-hmm. but at least they should make the decisions based on accurate information about what the, the risks and and what the research shows about this. And I would like that as well, the information for parents and teachers when they're dealing with kids to be able to provide, um, you know, effective Uh, suggestions and solutions for their kids for how they should learn to use their devices in in, in a safe and responsible manner.
0: Jason, given what um, you have found and what you have um, turned up in your research over the past couple of years, do you have any recommendations for parents, for kids on uh, on the usage of their, their devices right now? Do you, yeah. feel, do you feel do you feel comfortable giving it?
1: Yeah, I have a few. I mean, I think one of the things we we need to get past is, I mean, the technology is here, and so I think a lot of times the reaction is um, we should ban it <laughs> completely. <laughs> um, it's not going away, however. Um, so I think we really need to focus on how we can teach kids and ourselves to use it effectively. And so a couple of things I think that are quite useful. Um, we should have times and places where we turn off our devices and go outside, have a conversation. Like, for example, the dinner table, great place to put the devices yeah. away. And that's where a lot of those um, socialization or the social skills come from, where we have those conversations with, with kids and, and between uh, families. So that's one thing um, I think is incredibly important. And at the same time with that, don't just put your phones away and then... and think about how much you're missing your phone (laughs) um like get up and do do something different right like like, and sort of fill your time with something else the other thing that i would say is if you're not ready to to do that or even in conjunction with that one of the things you can do is turn off the notifications yes um on your phone and that will just be a a short-term help that will really start to break the connection between that sort of reflexive response to to check your phone and to go in there and then um for kids especially keep it out of the bedrooms at night Um, and and help them have a good night's sleep. And sometimes they're not going to do it willingly on their own, so Mm -hmm. sometimes we need to step in as a parent and and help them do that. Um, And I say that as a parent, knowing that it's not as easy as that, and I still struggle and fight with my kids every night trying to get the phones out of their room.
0: Mm, Jason Daniels thank you so much I really look forward to uh, seeing uh, the results of this next stage of your research thanks for joining us this afternoon
1: no problem thanks for having
0: me all right take care now that's Jason Daniels from the University of Alberta he is a researcher with the Faculty of Extension who's who's doing this work along with Harvard University and the ATA trying to figure out uh, how screen time is uh, impacting children and I'm curious to know with you Chedville um, Jason talked about, um, you know, maybe some of the recommendations. that he suggested he's he's talking about turning off the notifications and and making sure that there are times and places when the phones aren't avail that you know you shouldn't be using them. I know even in our house and our kids are 24 and 28 years old even when they come over, uh, the phone is usually put down on the uh, on the dinner table beside them and it's like no it's got to go over there and and it can be a real challenge and and these are these are adults and we're trying to tell them to do this the 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 phones and the bed bedroom at night. I know that can be a tough one too because all of us, a lot of us use it as our use it as our alarm clock. But what about the notifications? If you turn the notifications off on your phone, I have. I don't get the notifications and and I love it. If I if I want to go in and see if someone has got trying to get a hold of me, I, I have to go in and do it. I honestly don't sit there and wonder about it. So I'm wondering how you're handling this in your home. Let me know at 630 630. Some of your texts coming in regarding our, our last conversation about cell phones and kids and the, the amount of time screen time, scre- screen time that they're getting. Uh, this one, Elizabeth from Sherwood Park says, You know what, I personally think that parents taking away phones doesn't help at all, or even teachers at school for that fact. If it becomes an issue, then 100% totally take it away. My parents never took my phone away, but that's because I know personal control. I turn my notifications off at night and only have a few that are emergency and can give me notifications. Notifications. Great thinking, Elizabeth. Uh, this one says, I have a military-grade signal scrambler at home. I turn on no cell phone, no radio waves, no problem. Um, this one, I'm lucky my six-year-old has zero interest in electric devices. I only get text or phone notifications. Uh, hey, Jay, there is a screen time section on iPhones where parents can control all aspects of the phone. Uh, and this one Shouldn't be on in the theater. Agree. No devices at the table. Absolutely agree. And that's what uh, Jason Daniels has suggested. He's saying, you know what? Turn off at certain times. Make sure that certain times and places you turn off the phone. Maybe the dinner table. Turn off the notifications and and keep it out of the bedroom uh, at uh, at nighttime. It uh, it's it's disrupt disruptive. That's what they're finding uh, in their research. So. I don't know, man. I'm glad I wasn't uh, 12 years old and had to deal with had to deal with that. I know my niece and nephew didn't get their phones until they were about. I think it was 16, 15, and 13, 15 and 13. But uh, there was a lot of rules placed on that one, and uh, so far, so good. The 6:30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on 6:30 Chad.